You are Locked On NC State, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. Like I told you all yesterday, I would have the ever-so-talented Andrew Snicker on the show today. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Appreciate you having me back. Hey, it's always great to have you on. I'm sure you're in a great mood. Uh, Patrick Levon Holmes gets Patrick Levon Mahomes gets to play football again uh, in another right. Super Bowl, second time back to back. Schnitty is a huge Chiefs fan, just in case y'all didn't know. But anywho, that is correct. Uh, with that being said, you also covered the NC State women's basketball beat for Inside Pack Sports, and so that's what we're going to start off with. We're going to start off with this epic matchup against uh, the Louisville Card, the top-ranked Louisville Cardinals. It was going to be a one-two matchup, but things happen. It's fine. Whatever. I think we should still be ranked number two, but, of course, that won't be the case because we're NC State, and that's, you know, we, we the Rodney Dangerfield of the country when it comes to sports. <laughs> uh, so, with that being said, we're, we're also going to get into uh, the Devin Daniels injury, what that means for the men's basketball team. And, and what they look like or what the outlook is uh, on them going forward. And then we'll we'll wrap this thing up. That sound good to you, Snitty? Sounds good to me, man. All righty. So, four starters. This women's basketball team uh, lost to Virginia Tech. It was on the road, correct? Yes, at Virginia Tech. Okay. At Virginia Tech, uh, a, a, clo- a tough loss in overtime. What do you think was the cause of that loss in is this one of those things where, like, we all know Alyssa Kunane was out. Huge loss. Huge, anytime you have a preseason Naismith watch list player and then a midseason Naismith defensive player of the year uh, watch list or defensive player of the year list finalist type of player, you're, you're talking about somebody who's a stalwart defensively, be it interior, exterior, wherever they are, they are probably going to impact the game positively. So we know that that was part of it. But in your opinion, what do you think was the cause of that uh, loss? It's pretty simple to me. Um, the and It was just one of the – and like we said, you know, without Elisa Kunin, it's to be expected a little bit. After the uh, barn burner of a, you know, great comeback win for NC State against this same Virginia Tech team at Reynolds Coliseum on Sunday, the, the offense just was not there for the Wolfpack in this game. I mean, you look at it. Um, NC State shot just 42% from the field, 26 for 62, just five for 19 from three-point range. Uh, that's the poorest I've probably seen a Westmore team shoot from three in a long time. That they, they turned it over 16 times, and you know West said it after the game. They just looked kind of stagnant on offense. They weren't you know really right. moving the ball around. around. Yeah. They were standing around. They um, they didn't get out in transition a lot. So, yeah, I mean, I think – because, I mean, if you look at it, in the they, they played pretty good defense, and in the fourth quarter they were up 54-40, to 40, and there was a stretch of almost four minutes where NC State held Virginia Tech scoreless. NC State only also only scored four points in that stretch, which allowed Virginia Tech to make a 7-0 run in the last two minutes to take a three-point lead. NC State ends up needing the three-pointer from Camille Hobby, who played a great game. Um, mm-hmm. to get into overtime 
if if NC State hits just a couple more shots in that stretch where it was shutting Virginia Tech down into those last couple minutes and is up by, you know, six or eight instead of four, the game's probably over. And that, you know, that late run probably doesn't end up setting them up for the overtime loss. So really, I mean, you cannot play that poorly on offense in the ACC and expect to win games. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you talked about Camille Hobby there. I talked about her as well, 19 and nine in her first ever start. So when you look at those type of numbers from her, is that a silver lining of this thing? Like, Hey, we didn't have Alyssa. We lost this game, but look at Camille, look at what she did in her first ever start. And I think that one of the best things that happens via injury, sometimes you force young players, players who otherwise would not be in the rotation or would not be seeing as heavy minutes into big minutes in meaningful games. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, Hobby is a player who's played pretty well in different spots off the bench for NC State this year. And yeah, with Elisa out, she got the call. And I mean, she really stepped up. She shot nine for 14 from the field, like you said, um, 19 and nine. She really was impactful. Um, obviously hits the big shot to fin- to send it to overtime. And, you know, and I think that is important because that does give her some confidence going forward. And look, you know, Elisa's going to be back. Um, Wes sounded pretty hopeful that she would play in this game on Monday. But now you've got a player in Camille Hobby who's confident in herself and her abilities, who you can bring it off the bench and maybe give you a little more production than she did before. So, yeah, I think that's great. I think it, you know, has the potential to maybe lengthen your lineup even a little bit more for this NC State team. Exactly. And this NC State team has depth like like few teams in the country, but more so like few teams that we've seen. Because me and you have been covering NC State sports for some time now, and I don't think we've seen any team with this type of depth as far as beating a number one team on the road um, without a Jada Boyd, as far as keeping keeping on with competing without an Alyssa Kunay. We have not seen many basketball teams at NC State that could say such things. And, hey, we can lose a Nate Smith Award Watch, Award watch List uh, member, and we'll be all right. We'll still compete. We haven't seen that very often. So kudos to Westmore on that. Now, with that being said, we're going to look ahead to this matchup against Louisville, okay? Louisville, again, undefeated, number one, coming in off an 11-point win, which really the, the score of that game makes it look much closer than it was. Louisville completely took their foot off the gas in the fourth, um, had reserves in for most of the time, but... Credit to the girls in blue. Uh, they they outscored them 22-8 to eight in that final stretch there. But what do you think NC State has to be on the lookout for? What do you think or who do you think are uh, Louisville's best weapons? Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that win over UNC. It was kind of a, a matter of getting back on track for Louisville after a couple close ones. They almost... You know, they had to score in the final minute to beat Wake Forest, and Wake had a shot at the buzzer for potentially for the win, beat Miami by three, but then they get back on track. I mean, this this team just has so many options. I mean, the, the first player that you're going to think about when you look at Louisville, and rightfully so, is Dana Evans, who's one of the best players in the country. She's averaging 19.5 points per game. She, she I mean – she can score like no other. I watched a little bit of that Wake Forest game, and you know when Wake need when Louisville needed that big shot late, of course they were going to her. 
You've got um, Haley Van Leith. Lost my place. Oh, yeah. Olivia Cochran, Kiana Smith. I mean, you've got four players on this Louisville roster that are averaging double figures. They're all averaging over 11 points per game. So, you know, we talked about NC State's depth, but I think this is probably one of, if not the only team in the ACC that can match or possibly even exceed that depth. So I think that we're going to see a really good matchup between two teams that have a ton of talent, a ton of scoring, and like I just said, a ton of depth. Alrighty, so with that being said, tell me why Wolfpack fans should not be uh, worried, should not be concerned, should not be pessimistic and like, eh, chalk this one up. We already know what's going on. Louisville's going to roll in this game. Tell me why you're going to say, hey, NC State not only has a shot, but to you, they can be the winner in this game. Well, first of all, I'd say don't. I wouldn't put a ton of stock into the Virginia Tech game. You know, they were playing their second game coming off that, um, I believe it was a 21-day pause for COVID issues, so there was probably some fatigue there. Mm-hmm. You're going to get Elisa Kunane back, so hopefully, um, you know, hopefully that'll help. Obviously, you don't know how, if she'll be able to play at her full strength and, you know, the full load that she normally takes. But I think – We've already, you know, we've seen it in the South Carolina game. We've seen it in some of these comebacks. Um, just last Sunday, NC State was down as many as 14 points in the fourth quarter against Virginia Tech, and Kai Crutchfield completely took over that game in the fourth. You've already seen it from Kayla Jones, who stepped up big time in that game against South Carolina. Raina Perez has had some really big moments. Jakia Brown-Turner, who's a sophomore, has been really good all season. And this is NC State's obviously second matchup against the number one ranked team. They did, as we, as you already mentioned, they did not have Jada Boyd when they played against South Carolina. I would expect her to have a big impact in this one. So, I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's going to be tough. You're playing, I mean, the number one team in the country on the road again. But, I mean, I think the number one thing you can look to is NC State isn't a stranger to playing the number one team in the country on the road. They've already done it this season, and they show that they're clearly, you know, not going to back down from the challenge. But, you know, I think this is a big win, a big game for Westmore. If you kind of look at all he's accomplished in the last few years, kind of the one big one is that he really hasn't beaten one of these, you know, stacked Louisville teams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Westmore is he's, – he's an excellent coach. He deserves all the kudos that go out to him. Honestly and truly, as an NC State fan, there's there's not much critique that you can throw his way. But if, if you were nitpicking, you're right. There hasn't been a win over uh, one of these marquee Louisville teams that you look at and you say, all right, this is the bar for the ACC. Can you get over it? And granted, this is the team that won the ACC uh, last year. But still, uh, this is the NC State women's basketball team that won ACC last year, but still, the, all of these things were made. And they won the tournament as well, correct? Yes, yeah, they won the um, ACC. They won their first ACC championship for um, since, I think, 91. The thing that some will point to, it's absolutely – no, what I'm saying is it's absolutely ridiculous to, to try to diminish NC State's ACC championship win by say, pointing out that they did not beat Louisville – because you can't control that, and you end up beating the Florida State team that beat Louisville. Exactly. 
but that does still mean that the fact remains, you know, you still have Louisville as that kind of, I don't want to say final benchmark because there's a lot that this team still wants to accomplish come March, but one of the final, you know, hurdles for this program to clear. And it's this kind of recent run of dominance that it's had. For sure. Alrighty. So uh, if, if I, what is your prediction for this game? If I ask you right now, Snitty, tell me what you think is going to happen. I need to know who do you got winning? What do you think the score is going to be? How do you think this game is going to play out? What are you thinking? I think it's going to be a good and close game. I think Louisville's probably going to win by maybe five, six points, maybe like 75-70, something like that. I think it'll be a fairly high-scoring game with both of these teams' full strength. Um, I think this is a tough game to be Alisa Kunane's first game back. If she's not quite at um, full go yet with the amount of time that she's been out. And so that could be an issue. But, you know, I think NC State is going to go toe-to-toe with Louisville. I think it's going to be a really good game, a really competitive game. I think down the stretch, maybe the Cardinals might just pull away a little bit for that home win. But it would not surprise me in the slightest if NC State did win this game because I think this team has already showed us that when they're at full strength, they can play and they can compete with anybody. So I think we're going to see a really good one. It's just really hard to pick against the Cardinals in their home barn. You know, I, I'm going to say this. I I know that the Yum Center is a a a great uh, advantage for Louisville, and, and there's there's no ifs ands or buts about that. However, we've seen this NC State team do this exact same thing before. Shorthanded, we have talked before on this show about how good South Carolina is turning out to be. Like I, I said earlier, in the earlier the the day before or the Friday before NC State played South Carolina, I said South Carolina hasn't impressed me all that much so far this season. There's still a lot to be seen about them. And voila, after that loss, they've tightened up, they've flown right against five uh well actually they played four ranked teams since then, four and up. So, I think that the Wolfpack are going to win a close one. I think that Wolfpack. I think that Les Moore is going to get that defense where he needs it to be, and I think Alyssa Kunane is going to have a big game because she didn't show up big time against South Carolina, and I think that that's been eating at her a little bit because if you're one of the best players on the team, you've got to be one of the best players on the team on the biggest stages, and I think that's been eating at her. I think because of that, she's going to come out and have a big game. Uh, Monday and the Wolfpack take a, a, a closely contested win in a very low scoring, tough, grounded out game. I got it 60 55 Wolfpack. Hey, if I would I, be happy to be wrong with my prediction. Hey, if I was a betting man, that's where I'd be betting. And if you're a better, please go to betonline.ag. Betonline.ag will take care of all of your betting needs, be it uh, single game bets, parlays, prop bets, any type of bets you need. BetOnline.ag has them. So go to BetOnline.ag to go ahead and take care of your betting. Use promo code LOCKEDON. They give you a 50% bonus on whatever deposit you put down. Now, we have to talk about this. It's not fun to talk about, but we got to talk about it. It's huge news for NC State. Devin Daniels, knew it, knew it soon as I saw it. I did not, too, man. A non-contact that leg gave off from under him. I said, well, it's either the Achilles or the knee. 
and uh, turned out to be an ACL tear. What does that mean for this NC State team? And uh, what do you think happens as they as they go uh, as they go forward in this season without a guy that's undoubtedly a leader, without a guy that was top ten in the ACC in three different categories, without a guy that I think, as I've said on this show before, could be very similar to Draymond Green on the NBA level, not in play style, not at at all in play style, but in the fact that if they're in the right system they could be immensely more effective than if you put them in the wrong place. So what do you think is the outlook for this NC State men's basketball team for the rest of the season? You know, it's, you know, you, you mentioned it too. And man, when I saw Devin go down like that and I saw that replay of the way his leg gave out from under him on the non-contact, my heart just dropped because I knew too that that's, it was going to be season ending. It, it It's brutal for this team, man. I mean, you look at Devin, He's leading the team in points, lead, leading them in assists. He's, you know, pretty good rebounder. He's probably the right. best perimeter wing defender on the team. Um, they, there's just no replacing any of that. You know, James and I actually talked about this on the Inside Pack Sports podcast this morning. It's not like if a guy like Braxton Beverly goes down, you're like, all right, we'll, we'll play Cam Hayes at the point. There is no plug-and-play option for Devin Daniels on this roster. There just is no replacing what he does. And it, it's not going to be one guy. It's going to have to be, you know, everybody stepping up and giving up a little bit more. And you look at what NC State does with, you know, its offense with making plays off of ball screens, and Devin Daniels is often the guy doing that. You almost wonder if they're going to have to really change up what they do in their offense just because there really is no way to replace Devin Daniels' skill set. But I do think they have some options. I mean, if, you know, if you want to decide, all right, we want to play big, you know, with guys like Jericho Hellams, Manny Bates, and DJ Funderburk, that's an option. And I think it's not a bad option because those are three really good players. But the thing that you start to worry about with that is if you've got all three of them in the game and somebody gets in foul trouble, then what do you do? But, you know, I so I think NC State has some options, but it's certainly not going to be an easy task navigating the way forward without – a, your best player, and B, too, a senior leader in what's been a difficult season on and off the court for everybody. You know, I think they're going to miss that voice, too. You know, I talked about earlier that uh, these seniors need to show these the young guys, the freshmen, what it's like uh, to be a, a player who competes at a high level in the ACC, a player who night in and night out shows up. And that's what Devin Davis was. That's what Devin Davis was. He was a guy who came in every night. And for whatever shortcomings you thought he had or whatever the case may be, you could never question his effort. And and that's one thing that that is when your best player is your biggest effort guy, biggest hustle guy, it is infectious. It spreads to the team. The coach can turn on the teach tape and say, now, if Devin Daniels, the guy that's leading our team in points and steals and assists, is diving for this loose ball, what's your excuse for why you're not? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, it's just a tremendous loss. And I really feel for Devin on a personal level, too, because you look at the way he was playing. I don't know that he was going to, you know, make it necessarily get picked into the NBA out of this year. I think he has the potential to be an NBA player, but certainly at the very least go make some good money playing in Europe. Mm-hmm. Now he's not going to be able to really work out or do anything for, I mean, what is it typically about 10 months with a torn ACL? I mean, that's, 
Yeah. You know, that yeah. that's going to take him out of a lot of that pre-draft process and stuff. You almost wonder if you're Devin Daniels and you've got your trainers and your doctors that you like here. You almost wonder if with that free year of eligibility coming off of this, if he even looks at coming back to NC State for another season. But you definitely feel for him because this is probably going to delay his opportunity to, you know, go make some money for himself playing basketball in some way, shape, or form. Exactly. And and like I said, if he ends up with the right team where, you know, they're not expecting him to be the superstar right out of the gates, where they're not expecting him, hey, we need you for 15 and 5 a night out the gates, and, and they let him develop and all that good stuff, I think he could definitely turn into a quality basketball player. Um, I I don't know why there's this thing about, oh, if they stay in college too long now, that must mean they suck. Not the case. Not the case at all, especially uh, when you look at a guy like Devin Dams in his case. And so when you talk about there is no plug and play and everyone has to play better, who do you think are going to be the main beneficiaries minute-wise from this injury? And, of course, we say beneficiaries very loosely here because there's no – Again, we don't want to phrase an injury as something people benefit from. But who do you think is going to get the lion's share of the minutes that are now opened up? Well, you know, I think it's going to open maybe some more minutes for those young point guards that I think NC State fans have loved watching play and Cam Hayes and Shaquille Moore. Because if you want, you know, another shooter on the floor, you know, maybe you play Braxton Beverly at the two more and you're letting one of those guys run the point. And I think this is an opportunity to see what those guys can do. You know, you talk about needing that guy who can make plays off of ball screens. I think we've seen some good playmaking ability from Cam Hayes this year. And if he plays more, um, I think we can, you know, you can get his confidence up and that's what you should want. You should want to be developed using this as an opportunity to develop these younger players. The other guy too, you know, we talked about Devin Daniels being a good defender on the perimeter on the wing you look at nc state at the guard position there's not a ton of size with the exception of darion sebron who is six seven so he hasn't showed a ton he could scratch his knees standing up he's got the longest arms i've ever seen on a guy six seven he he doesn't give you a ton offensively right now i think he's still pretty raw but i almost wonder if you're gonna have to play sebron more and just kind of live with that on offense just because in terms of a you know a bigger defender at the guard spot who's not going to be that size mismatch mis- disadvantage against some of the bigger guard teams against the in the ACC like a Syracuse who NC State is going to face on Sunday I think Sebron might be a good option there for sure and um, you know one thing that I think like you said there's no one player nobody steps in and all that steps in for Devin and is Devin but I'll tell you this. If they can develop just the slightest offensive bag for Darian Sebron, if they can just develop the slightest, I think he'll be a great asset to this team uh, in that in that way. And also, sidebar here: those freshman guards are just oh my god, what a joy to watch! There's so much. Shaquille, I mean that like you know they make their mistakes, but Shaquille, I mean that dude is fearless. He will throw up a big shot and a big moment. He had that um that block at the end of the Clemson game. And he had a block uh toward the end of toward the end of I want to say it was Wake Forest as well. Yeah. That and was, he hit a big uh, shot too down the stretch when Wake was kind of trying to come back into it. In back to back possessions. That that was the part for me that 
again, they are freshmen. They will make freshman mistakes. That's part of the game. That's part of it. But man, Shaquille Moore, his his roster height is six one. Let's be honest here. That's um, I'm not so sure about that. But with that being said, it, two huge blocks down the stretch of separate games. Game winner at Boston College. This this young man, to me, there's there. I've seen a lot of players playing good basketball in the ACC this year. I honestly and truly, if we are measuring who the clutchest freshman all year has been, I don't see an argument for anyone other than Shaquille. Well, look at what he did in look at what he did in the home game against UNC too in limited minutes in that game. He was awesome. He had like a personal eight nothing, ten nothing run in the first half. But yeah, you're right. No, I think his size misadvantage is something to keep an eye on. Cause like you said, yeah, his roster height is six one. Well, Braxton Beverly's roster height is six foot. I'm six four. Braxton Beverly ain't four inches shorter than me. But um Oh, it's tough. Yeah. But tough. um no, I, I really have enjoyed watching Shaquille Moore play, especially early in the season too, before you know the first pause. I enjoy watching Cam Hayes play too. Yes. I think he's got a good yes. jump shot. I think he's a good playmaker. And I think you know, you're going to have to develop these guys, so why not let them play now? Give them some run. The one other thing I'll say is another guy I'd like to see maybe a little bit more action for, Thomas Allen, who's a really good three-point shooter. We know he's shooting, I think, about 41% from the field on the year on three. The problem is he's not taking enough shots. Right. He's He took two threes. Your best shooter is taking two threes against Wake Forest, especially with Devin out now and trying to find – a way to get enough points without what he provides, you have got to find a way to get Thomas Allen the ball in shooting positions more. I mean, that that's just – him shooting two threes a game without Devin Daniels is not going to cut it. Absolutely not. And Cam Hayes, as he develops, as he gets in the strength and conditioning program and becomes more explosive, has more bursts in that first step, ooh-wee, it's going to be a sight to see. It's going to be a sight. Because as of now, I think the best thing that Cam Hayes does – is his driving condition. That is where he is best offensively. Now, we can agree to that, right? Definitely, yeah. So when he's going downhill attacking the basket, um, he's already quicker than some guards, as is right now, as a true freshman. Just imagine him with a few more years of being in the weight room, body toned up a little more, just uh, just that little tenth of a second quicker. That's That's the difference between getting in the lane for the bucket and, um, and you know, having somebody stay in front of you, having you pick up your dribble, man, it's going to be a sight to see. Shaquille Moore as well, he's, he's just, like you said, fearless, fearless. He plays what I like to call pit bull defense. That's just, yes. it's just, it's, it's relentless. It's all over you. If you ever walk by a neighborhood and somebody got a pit bull in their backyard and, and they can see through the fence and it's just, it's snarling and, and, and lathering at the mouth and just barking at everything that walks by. That's the type of defense Shaquille Moore plays. And it's it's wonderful to see. I'm I'm loving I'm love I hate to say or I hate to see this injury to Devin Daniels. As a guy whose career was ended by injuries, I know how tough it is. I know how tough it is to recover from an injury period. But with that being said, this NC State team still has hope in this season. Not many ranked teams ahead of them, but don't expect a lot of wins just because of that, fam. 
Let's keep ourselves with some realistic expectations. I think that they'll struggle for the next few games to figure it out. And then down the stretch, they'll win enough games uh, to, you know, be probably second four out or something like that. But that's that's just my outlook on where this season's going. Yeah, and it's unfortunate, too, the Devin Daniels thing, because if you look at the stretch ahead of NC State, with the way some there, there's not really a lot. Or if you had, I think if you had a fully healthy NC State team with Devin Daniels, there's not really a game left on the schedule that you're like, oh, they're losing that game. There's some tough games. You've got Virginia and Virginia Tech on there. Um, Pitts had a pretty good year, but there, there's not a game like in the past where you look at like, oh, you're facing number one Virginia and you've got no shot. Like there's there's winnable you're, game. You're facing Zion Williams, Cam Reddish, and RJ Barrett. Yeah, good luck. Hey, it, how was that that game? It's 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 been hey guys. Um I know you're you're obligated to go out there. I know that's part of your scholarship, but like maybe no. Maybe maybe not today. Right? Maybe maybe not. But anywho <laughs> um yeah so we're it, it's we'll see. We'll see with this NC State team going down the stretch. And, folks, let me tell you about Built Bar. It is an amazing protein bar. Comes in 18 different flavors covered in 100% chocolate. Every bite makes you feel like it's cheat day. However, it is low-fat, low-carbs, high-fiber, high-protein. It's the ultimate snack that fits into almost any diet you could imagine. It'll help you maintain your weight, lose weight, whatever weight loss goals you got. You can go ahead and get them done with Built Bar. I know some of y'all have fell off the wagon of your New Year's resolution. I know you put on the quarantine 15. Come on and knock them off with Built Bar. All right? Use promo code locked on and Built Bar will give you tons of sweet discounts. Once again, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code locked on to get tons of sweet discounts. So we're about to land this thing, but uh, Snitty, all in all, you've got Louisville winning a close one over NC State. Um, you see NC State struggling a bit down the stretch here. So I, I've pitched this idea before, and I've said that this is a possibility for this NC State team before. Men, and I'm talking about men's basketball here. In the same vein as how last year with football having injury after injury after injury, and, and they, they didn't get plagued by an injury bug. There was an injury swarm of locusts over last year's NC State team. Yeah. So with that happening, one of the silver linings I saw then was there's a lot of players getting experience and they're going to have the opportunity to truly figure out who the number one quarterback is. And both of those things happen going into this season. Do you think that a similar thing will happen going into next season as far as evaluation of talent for this year going into next? I think it's certainly possible when you look at this roster and some of the young guys that you have, you know, we've, we just talked about playing and developing Cam Hayes and Shaquille Moore a lot. And I think that's going to be massively important. And that's going to, that's probably the most important thing you can do down the stretch, just because those two with the position and the style that they play and the style that Kevin Keats wants to play are going to be so important to the future of this program. I think developing a guy like Darion Sebron, who can bring you that size and maybe some of that defensive ability at the guard position is going to be important too. And like you said, develop an offensive game, because even if Devin Daniels comes back next year, you're eventually not going to have Devin Daniels anymore. And you're going to have to, right. you know, try to figure out that sort of a role. Um, Don't you wish that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Don't you wish that evil of Devin Daniels being good? No, but he's going to time out. 
who y'all know of? Jericho Helms, I think, is the guy who, you know, you can get some confidence, more confidence for him going into his junior year or senior year. Thomas Allen will be able to come back. So I think that's another one of giving him, you know, not with that shooting ability, more shots and almost kind of turning him into that guy of like, all right, he's catching it, he's shooting it. Just that threat of that shooter that can do, that we've both seen, both for different NC State teams and different teams across the ACC that can do so much for your offense. Maybe you get a little bit more development for, you know, some of these big guys like Jalen Gibson and Ebenezer Duana, especially if you think, um, you know, DJ Funderburg, even though he technically has the option, more than likely not going to be back. So, yeah, I think there is a chance to have a lot of these guys with some valuable minutes and reps and experience under their belt going into the year, like you said, and I think it's a not horrible comparison for NC State football. Exactly, and I, I, I truly feel like uh, this NC State team is it's the beauty of it is the strength will be the weakness of some of the blue bloods in that we will be one of those programs that has players stick around for a while. Shaquille Moore is not going to the NBA next year. He's right. Not, that's not happening. Cam Hayes not leaving. Manny Bates, pretty sure he's not leaving. I don't think he should leave, and and I'll say that. I don't think he should, but you know, you you never know. You can never you can never knock a young man for going to make some money. But with that being said, I don't think he'll leave uh, next year. So you you have the prospect of having all those guys back. You have the prospect of having the Thomas Allen back. And honestly, Cam Hayes, if his ball handling just his he's he's a good ball handler. If he can find a way to take it up a level going into next season. And the, the rest of the guys just know, like, all right, this is my role. I, if Allen says, hey, when I grab it, it's, it's going. I'm firing. I'm not, not waiting, not trying to make any decisions. If Manny Bates develops a, a 10 to 15 footer, you know, it, it, not saying that that would stretch the floor, but it gives you options when they pack it in the rim or when they pack it in around the rim. And if Cam Hayes gets a little better at finishing and making decisions in the lane, this team will be dangerous next year. This team will be dangerous next year. Um, I, I really and truly believe that. If Cam, if Shaquille Moore gets just a little more consistent with his shot, he's not a bad shooter, but he's streaky at times, right? I, I feel like that's fair to say. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, and I think that's fairly to be expected with a freshman guard. Absolutely, absolutely. So if if those things happen going into the next season, it'll be it'll be a great team to see. But I'm not giving up on this season by any means, right? Like, even no. with Devin Daniels hurt, this team still has a lot in front of them. They still have a lot of attain very attainable goals in front of them. Because, again, like we've already talked about, the, the storm was this six-game stretch that NC State just went through. Yes, they went 0-4 with two games postponed. Sure. But that was the storm. That was the worst part of the schedule as far as uh, the talent of uh, the talent of teams you'll be playing against. So going forward, I mean, it everything that they want is in front of them. Everything they want is in front of them. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, and you know who else is not going to mail it in just because Devin Daniels is out is Kevin Keats. I mean, Absolutely he's going to try and find every avenue with the players that he's got to put something productive together. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Coach Keats. Again, he said he wanted us to know that Kevin Keats is a winner. Well, 
time to show and prove, baby. We know that you you're shorthanded. We know that this team is very inexperienced at one of the most pivotal positions in the game. That generally people say if you have experienced guards, you're gonna go deep in the tournament in uh, March. Well, sorry, you don't got that at your disposal. Let's find a way, Coach Keats. Let's find a way. Thank you all so very much for coming out. I appreciate you. I appreciate all our listeners. Again, the, the listens just keep going up. I'm I'm so excited that you all are sharing this with your friends, that more people are hearing this. Um, peace and love, and as always, go back. You are Locked On NC State, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you.